you for the privilege of being with you this morning, albeit uh, via video. And kind of thank you as a church uh, for your warm support for Baptist Missions, particularly your interest and support and encouragement of Matt and Jules Tuttleby and the Tuttleby family in Bordorn. Thank you for your very, very uh, recent and most generous gift uh, towards their support. Uh, thank you particularly to Michael and Elizabeth um, for going over to visit them and for Leslie and Heather too who have taken time out to go and see the Tuttlebees in, in allowable times. Um, and thank you for the very practical uh, love and care that you've shared upon them. And it is a, a lonely station out there in Bundoran. Um, they haven't found lockdown easy. Um, uh, their youngest son, Lockie, uh, turned uh, 13 on Thursday just past. Um, so they now have a house full of teenagers. Um, so just pray for them and pray uh, for their family that God will protect them uh, and help them in these days uh, when it's not easy with very little social interaction and being able to be out and about. Um, but God is working and God is using particularly the videos Matt's been putting out on Facebook. Uh, there's been a lot of local engagement with them. Um, and I am just quietly expecting that when, when lockdown is over in many of our church planting works that um, God, we, we will look back and see that, that God was using these days to reach people online who may never have been reached any other way. Um, and has touched them and we will hear of uh, people who've come to faith and we'll see people coming to faith in days to come Lord willing who have been reached uh, because of COVID and because we've done so much uh, work online so thank you for your prayers and support uh, for the work of Baptist Missions in general but for the Tuttlebees in particular I'd like to turn uh, to First Peter chapter 1 this morning just for a few minutes and I think Drew is maybe going to uh, delve into this book uh, in, in, in the future, maybe later on in the year. So uh, this hopefully will give you a little taste. Um, and if uh, there's any theological errors or anything that I say, Drew can uh, sort them out uh, in time to come. But First Peter chapter 1, we're going to read from verse 1 and to verse 9. And this is a, a tremendous portion of scripture that I hope will be a real encouragement and, and challenge uh, to us all this morning as we spend a few moments in it. First uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect, exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, 
the salvation of your souls. We'll end our reading there in verse 9. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you that even though we can't be together physically, we thank you that you are present in us through your Holy Spirit. And we pray that that same Spirit who dwells within us, who caused this book to be written in the first instance, would be our teacher and our guide now. Lord, would you warm our hearts with your truth? And would you help us to grasp something more and fresh of all that we have in the Lord Jesus this morning? For we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. I used to work in the airline business and one of the jobs I did involved going into the cockpit of a plane just before it left and giving the, the captain and the flight deck what was called a load sheet which gave them the total number of passengers on board, the takeoff weight of the aircraft and other details. And I was once dispatching a plane that had 110 seats uh, on the aircraft. And when I entered the cockpit, uh, the uh, the captain asked me how many people were on board, how many passengers was he flying to London? A 110-seater plane. And I said, there are 55 passengers on board. To which the first officer in the right-hand seat said, oh, we're half empty. But the captain said to him, no, actually, we're half full. And oftentimes, circumstances in our lives and situations, different people can look at different things in different ways. Circumstances like COVID and lockdown and restrictions uh, have impacted us all in different ways. And it's been hard, the isolation, the lack of fellowship and so forth. The Apostle Peter was writing to people in his day, believers who were facing real pressure, who were facing persecution, who were suffering for following the person of the Lord Jesus Christ for owning his name, for bowing the knee to him. And Peter writes to encourage them, to exhort them uh, in their time of suffering, in their time of trial, uh, to encourage them to, to, to think on the things that, 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 that they have and all that they, they enjoy in the Lord Jesus and to set their hope, not in the circumstances and the situations around them, whether they're half full or half empty people, but actually setting their hope not on their circumstances, but on the reality of all that they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to see that God, while he doesn't remove the suffering and remove our difficulties and take away our pain and our suffering and our trials, God is present in the midst of them and gives us the grace and the help to get through those difficulties. We used to sing the chorus, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings and see what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And this morning, I just want us to count our blessings. We're all fed up with COVID and restriction and lockdown and lack of fellowship and meeting together. We're not in any way, the difficulties we're facing are not in any way comparable to the real suffering and pain and difficulties that these early believers went through. And we know from our history that maybe not these particular believers Peter wrote to, but other believers uh, were, were thrown to the lions. Were, 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 Emperor Nero in Rome uh, took Christians and poured oil over them and, and, and lit them and used them as human torches to light up his, 
is, is, is garden parties. We're not, we're not talking about, about situations like that. But, but what we can do this morning, in the midst of, of maybe our weariness and the difficulties of COVID, we can count our blessings that Paul, that, that Peter writes to these believers and, 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 and exhorts them to do. And we can count our blessings this morning as well. Peter, well, even that word itself should encourage us this morning. Because Peter, the, the failure, the one who denied he knew the Lord as, as the Lord was taken to his trial, and the one we know the Lord graciously restored in that conversation, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. And three times he denied and three times the Lord Jesus asked that question and gently restores Peter and, and uh, he runs to the tomb and leaves bewildered. But we have those lovely words, don't we? I think in Mark's Gospel, tell the disciples and Peter. Um, and so Peter here is the restored disciple. He's the one who on the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit, has preached that tremendous gospel message that led to 3,000 people being saved. So even this morning, if you're someone who's struggling, someone maybe who feels you've been a failure during COVID and let the Lord down, even that word Peter at the beginning of this letter should be an encouragement this morning to say, listen, failure is never final in the Christian life. God can take us as we, if we repent and, and turn back to him. He can take us and restore us and use us again. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are exiled, elect exiles of the dispersion, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of who? God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and sprinkling with his blood. These believers scattered across uh, the, 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 that area uh, known now as, or known then as Asia Minor, modern day Western Turkey. Peter writes them and he reminds them of the triune God, Father, Son and Spirit. Although put in that order, Father, Spirit, Son uh, were involved in their salvation. Somebody once said this, that, that God, God sought us, the Spirit brought us and the Son bought us through the shedding of his blood. And we know, don't we, from elsewhere in Scripture that this great plan of salvation was in the mind of our triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, long before this universe was ever created. That the Father would send the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Father, Spirit, and Son were involved in creation. They were involved in our redemption. They were involved in our salvation. And I don't know if any of you are living in, in homes with windows and doors that have triple uh, lock security systems that supposedly the burglars can't break through, although they generally find a way if they really want to. But this morning we're triply locked as believers because the Father, the Son and the Spirit have all been involved uh, in securing and bringing us to salvation. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace, oh brothers and sisters, this morning, aren't we those who revel in the word grace, for the grace of God to us, that undeserving favour, eh, that there was never going to be anything in us, never could be anything in us, to warrant God loving us and casting his love upon us. And yet, in grace, in mercy, eh, before this world was created, eh, he predestined us to be his children, eh, in love, eh, not in anything good he would ever see in us, but in love, he, he, in grace, he came. And, and peace, Peace be multiplied to you. Oh, this morning, don't we know that peace that comes from knowing that our sins are forgiven, 
that as far as east is from the west, so far as he separated our sins from us. Um, Paul writes, doesn't he, in Romans 5, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We're here this morning by the grace of God. We're here this morning saved by grace. Um, it is not because of righteous deeds that we have done, but according to his mercy he saves us. We're here this morning reveling and knowing the grace of God. And so the triune God has been involved in our salvation. Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. And then he gets into the, the letter. That's only really the, the preamble. But he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh, brothers and sisters, this morning, we are people of hope. Not I hope it's not going to rain tomorrow. Not I hope I'm going to win the lotto. Although I hope you're not involved in that. But you know, the hope that Peter's speaking of here is a sure and certain hope. It's as certain as the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ has conquered death and has risen again and has defeated the powers of hell and the grave. And this morning, brothers and sisters, because of God's great mercy, we spoke of grace, which is grace is receiving something that we don't deserve. Mercy is when we don't receive something that we do deserve. And this morning, as his children, we can say, according to his great mercy, God has caused us to be born again. And later on in, in the chapter, Peter says we've been born again through the living and enduring word of God. God's spirit and God's word working together. They're never in opposition. It, some people say, oh, our church, we have the spirit. And oh, that church over there, they have the word. Brothers and sisters, we wouldn't have the word without the spirit. And we wouldn't be here this morning as followers of Jesus Christ if the spirit of God hadn't come and done that work of convicting us of our sin and of the righteousness of God and showing us our need of a saviour. And we only heard of that, how? Through the living and enduring word of God. The word and the spirit working together. But according to his great mercy. Isn't that why we're in Christ this morning? Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy, there was grace. And grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, by the mercy of God this morning, we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There, We have a living hope because we have a living Saviour, who's defeated death in all its ugliness, physical, spiritual, and eternal. Why was it the wages of sin is death? But the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The triune God, bestowing his grace and his peace, and his mercy upon us, causing us to be born again, giving us a living hope. And not only giving us a living hope, but brothers and sisters this morning, giving us a lasting inheritance. Look at verse 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept, or as other translations say, reserved in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. A living hope. A lasting 
inheritance. Oh, so much that this world has to offer is here today and gone tomorrow. Like the grass in the field, man's efforts and the things that he boasts and takes pride in here for a moment. What the prophet of man, Jesus said, if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his own soul. And someone once asked how much the extremely wealthy man had left, wondering what amount of money he left behind. The answer was, he left it all behind. And he went to his grave without his millions and without his possessions and without his houses, without his cars, without his yacht, because he couldn't bring anything with him. All flesh is like grass, here today and gone tomorrow. But look what the Lord Jesus says in John 10. My sheep hear my voice. Verse 27, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And Paul tells in Ephesians that we are sealed with the Spirit until the day of redemption. There's that triple lock again, a triune God, securing us, Father, Son, and Spirit. Son has it in his hand, the Father has it in his hand, and we're sealed by his Spirit until the day, what? Until the day of redemption. Until the day of Jesus Christ, when he comes again to take us home to be with himself in that new heaven and new earth. Brothers and sisters, will there be no more suffering? There will be no more coronavirus or South African strain or Kent strain or whatever else. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more tears. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more pain. There will be no more funeral homes. Why? For the old order of things will have passed away. And the God who created this universe in the first place, where there was no death, where there was no sickness, where there was no suffering, will restore a new world. And this time it will never be able to be corrupted again because the devil and all his followers will be done away with too and cast into the lake of fire. And brothers and sisters, we're going to be in that new heaven and new earth. No more suffering, no more sickness, no more sin, no more pain, no more tears. But God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And we're going to be there for how long? We're going to be there Forever and ever. We have a lasting inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading. And it's kept in heaven for us. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. And brothers and sisters, it's not that we're keeping a grip upon God, that we're holding on to him. Look what he says in verse 5. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith. For a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The triune God who has saved us, who looked into eternity, put his hand upon us, who in time came and died upon a cross, shedding his blood to atone for our sins. In our time, by his Spirit, has brought us to understand that truth and to embrace him and to trust him. In his grace and his peace and his mercy, we have hope, we have heaven 
we have hope. And brothers and sisters, Peter says to these believers, listen, when we begin to grasp all of that, all that God has done for us, Father, Son and Spirit, all that we have in Jesus Christ, this living hope, this lasting inheritance, he says in verse 6, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. For brothers and sisters, those trials, those difficulties, those problems, those sufferings that may come our way and maybe you are going through at this moment. God doesn't send them just to kind of for sport or to, to just to, to see how we've handled. Look, he uses even our trials and our difficulties and our problems to hone us and to shape us and to make us more like Christ. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to what? To result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, isn't it true? When trials and difficulties and death itself comes our way, is it in those times that the reality of our faith, that the reality of our God, the nearness of His presence become ever so more real have we trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer and Peter writes to these believers brothers and sisters this morning and says listen in the midst of our trials in the midst of our difficulties that God is maybe using to hone us and refine us and shape us like gold that is tested by the, in the fire he says in this you can greatly rejoice. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Why? Because you're obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He goes on, doesn't he, in chapter 2 to tell them that he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness, by his stripes, you have been healed. And in a moment or two, we're going to remember together, aren't we, the fact that our Lord came, took on our human flesh, and went to that cross of shame and rejection, not just to suffer physical wounds, but to suffer the spiritual wrath of his Holy Father as he took our sin, as he bore our sin, in his body on the tree. He died once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous. Why? To bring us to God. And maybe there's somebody watching this video this morning and you know nothing of the joy of knowing that your sins are forgiven, that you've peace with God, that you've got this hope of eternal hope of, of being in heaven forever. And that's why Peter says that these trials and temptations, they're only for a little while. Oh friends, I understand. If you've lost a loved one, if you have somebody in a hospital with COVID, if you've been struggling through this time of loneliness and isolation and separation, I'm not belittling your suffering and your pain this morning. But brothers and sisters, it's only for a little while. And if you're watching this video this morning, you don't know of Christ, can I urge you? 
to think of the reality of death, separation from God, and an eternity separated from God, and the awfulness of that, but the possibility of today, even this morning, of coming to God, owning up to your sin, turning from your sin and crying out to God to save you because of what Christ has done, because he shed his blood, because he's paid the penalty for your sin, that you might go free. Oh, friend, come to him today. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And come and find in Christ this morning a saviour and a friend, one who has risen from the dead, who cried it is finished, a cry of victory, who rose from the dead, defeated death and hell and the powers of Satan and defeated sin and can restore you and forgive you and bring you to God this morning and give you that living hope, give you that lasting inheritance and fill you with that inexpressible and glorious joy because you know that your soul is eternally safe and secure in Jesus Christ and in him alone. Brothers and sisters in Gilmer Hurt this morning, that is why, that is why we're proclaiming Christ and planting churches and Baptist missions. Well, what else could we do than take this message of mercy and grace and hope and peace and heaven and home to a world that is full of hopelessness? Where people are living in fear. People know nothing of the the grace and the mercy of God. People know nothing of the the work, the finished work of Christ upon that cross. We're millions on this island this morning. Still thinking that by by saying their prayers and and being religious and going to church and doing their best and, and, and giving their money. That hopefully someday, maybe, perhaps... If they get God on a good day, if there is a God and they don't really know who he is or what he's like, but hopefully there might be something and, and they maybe can slip in if, if he kind of doesn't quite see or remember. But they know nothing. The grace and the mercy of God because of what Christ has done. Because he bore their sin in his body in the tree. Because he came and suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring them to God. They know nothing of that message. Oh, they've maybe seen a crucifix on a wall or in a picture. Oh, they've heard the name. They maybe blaspheme the name every morning. But brothers and sisters, this morning, on this island, not too far from where you are this morning, across in Bundoran and Donegal and Belturbert and Cavan and Casablanian and in R.D., Black Rock, multiple suburbs in Dublin where there's no gospel witness, and other parts of the island of Ireland, towns where this morning men and women gone about their business, they've never heard this gospel. In France, where less than 1% of the population are born again believers, where, where there's 40 times as many mediums in France as there are evangelical pastors. In Spain, where there's 7,000 villages and towns where there's no known gospel witness, where the person of Jesus Christ is not proclaimed. In Peru, where there's still areas of darkness and death, and where the gospel is not penetrated, and where there's all sorts of ritualistic and, 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 and superstitious religion still practiced. 
Brothers and sisters, what else can we do? But tell them of Jesus. Tell them of the one who lived, who died, who rose again. And offer them the hope and the peace and the grace and the mercy and the joy that is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone. May God help us. May God help you, wherever you are, wherever he sends us, to tell people of Christ, to preach him and to look to God to bring many to himself in these days of opportunity. To God be the glory.